with the fifth edition. Join our various gaming groups as we play the fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons. And maybe just hang out and chat about gaming in general. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, assigned to Ragnarok's story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the 5th Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. Hey guys, Jim here and... Kelly! Doing a quick impromptu touch on Strixhaven University and the new D&D book that's out. You mean Harry Potter for D&D? Well, it's Harry Potter <laughs> for magic and then imported into D&D. But yeah, totally. Strixhaven, a curriculum of chaos. <laughs> Come on, I thought that the source book name alone would make you giggle. No, no, I do. I actually, you know, uh, the book is actually really quite lovely and... Um, it's interesting. Yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting new take on, on Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. I have to admit, there's some stuff I was hoping that didn't get in the book. There's some stuff, a lot of stuff that's interesting that I didn't know about that made it into the book. I do have to say I've only seen it for, for less than 24 hours. But mm-hmm. uh, it is interesting. I mean, what's what's the total page count on that book? Um, Including all the... In- well, there's a big map in the back, mm-hmm. but uh, it would be uh, 224, but then there's a big map. 224. So I, I think that might be a little light on page count, but that's just just my opinion. I, I like big, beefy books. What can I say? I'm used to lugging around all the GM's books, so I'm used to it being a little thicker. Mm. Because uh, I'm just going to whip out here uh, the Wild Beyond the Witchlight book, and that was coming in at like... 246, 248-ish. Mm-hmm. But then again, that's just me being a stickler wanting more dead trees between the covers. <laughs> so uh, I do have to agree with your, your original assessment there that it is a very pretty book. There's lots and lots of good-looking art inside there. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's lovely. And, of course, it, it is the Magic the Gathering. <coughs> <coughs> <laughs> it is the Magic the Gathering setting, the, the newest one, Strixhaven, that's been brought over to D&D in a very interesting reinterpretation, which I do like. In my opinion, I definitely think the book leads to a uh, megaverse-level Harry Potter. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you can totally have magic users imported from all across the multiverse. So you can have all kinds of different students arriving. The book is about two-thirds campaign. I know you haven't gotten to it, but they have literally year one through four as a student. So you can literally mm-hmm. walk in as Harry Potter with your owl. Oh, and speaking of owl, there's a new owl race. Owl race. The, <laughs> the owl They're, yep, the no, Allen. Allen. Mm-hmm. They're really cool. They are an uber cool race. I, I totally expect to see a lot more people wanting to play them, even in regular D&D. Uh-huh. But uh, the adventure is cool that it can lead characters from level one on up. You have, uh, I'm going to throw out the backgrounds and feats together because they kind of like go hand in hand. The backgrounds, there's basically backgrounds for each of the five classes of university. And by taking those, it unlocks new spell options for different uh, spellcasters and non-spellcasters alike. You could totally have a fighter or rogue go to Strixhaven University. You know, totally could be that muggle going to uh, or maybe a half-blood going to uh, the school and picking up magic along the way. But by taking the background, 
you automatically start with some spells and access to different spell trees, which is nice because it means that you were a good uh, uber student and you read all the prerequisite reading materials before going to class. And the, <laughs> the, the two feats, basically the feet will let you at basically like level four do the same thing as the background would do if you didn't take the school related background, which is nice. And if you take that feat for your class, at the next option, which of course would be level eight or 12 for, for your feats, you could then take the mascot feat, which lets you cast Find Familiar, which lets you summon the familiar for your different classes. Yeah, because each of the um, colleges has their own mascot. Mm -hmm. So let's, uh, let's go through a, a real quick touch on the uh, basics here. So the... School itself is centered around the Biblioplex, which is just fun to say, Biblioplex, <laughs> which is the great library of Strixhaven. Yep. Kind of the uh, center of the university where things can happen. Well, the the whole world is set up at like a wheel and the spoke um, or the, the hub is the bibliopex and the the center area and the colleges form the spokes mm -hmm. and wheels because each the... each one of the universities you know spokes are, are founded by one of the dragons that, that came into existence when this reality popped open mm -hmm. and it is cool because since it is based on magic the gathering two conflicting colors make each one of those dragons and they're you know named after universities so you have this really conflicting like white and green red and blue black and white which which can make some for some really cool dichotomies you know well actually uh uh each of the the whole entire university is founded on opposing dichotomies you can't I mean there is if you have black, you have to have white. If you have right, you have to have wrong. Um, life, death, everything, um, which I thought was very interesting. Um, although if I was really a student, it might be very confusing because <laughs> it's basically <laughs> here are your choices. You pick. <laughs> so you don't get one guidance counselor. You get two guidance counselors and each one are directly opposed. <laughs> you know, you've got your Merlin and your Morgana as your two, <laughs> two, two guidance counselors. <laughs> exactly. And then you get to pick and guess which answer is right. Whichever one you pick. <laughs> so it does allow you, you know, well, growth and mm -hmm. you can build your character. You can tweak it however you want, so to speak. So even if you pick a college, that doesn't mean you can't take classes or something in the other colleges. It's mm -hmm. just, you know, so, I mean, or you could go the opposite approach and only take classes in your college. See, two opposing viewpoints. Yep. Both are correct. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what college is about, is learning and growing <laughs> your boundaries, not restricting yourself. <laughs> so, of course, let, let's go over the different colleges. So first, I'm going to pick the Silver Quill, because that's the first one on my list here, which is the, uh, to quote, so the Inkmancer, which is just messy. We agree that language is civilization's most powerful weapon. We argue over whether to use it to inspire our allies or shatter our enemies. Silvacrow teaches the magic of rhetoric, poetry, organ, um, um, oration, and writing, also called the College of Eloquence. Mm -hmm. Which, of course, the dichotomy of Silverquill is, for your magic users out there, the white deck and the black deck which is like a really powerful combination of magic. I'm just going to throw that one out there. Okay. And of course, I will throw out a location on the college is the Grand Loft Hall. The main Silver Quill building is the Grand Loft, a vast train station-like space with shafts of light streaking in from the enchanted window panes far above. 
grand loft is filled with balconies, lodges, booths, dioceses, and other spacers where, spaces where orators can perform their craft. Inklings flirt around the high windowed ceiling and enchanted spotlights automatically focus on any mage who's using a powerful magic. And the inklings are basically the house mascots. Mm -hmm. I thought you, I had an inkling you'd, you'd jump in with that. <laughs> so uh, one thing is the uh, silver quills sometimes use magic to create flying creatures called inklings. These living inky voids can serve as helpers and pets. As basically, they, they literally look like big ink splots, or they take physical shape, or they stay very, very inky. But uh, it is kind of cute that they use the written and the spoken word as weapons. So their their mascot is a very amorphic, changeable little creature. Yeah. So if you had to make a character for Silver Quill College, what character would that be? Well, see, now with Silver Quill, you could go... Bard, or you could go, um, you could do, I mean, you, actually, you can technically work any one of them out to be it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, heck, Ranger <laughs> <laughs> in the Silver Quill College basically <laughs> attaches poems to the, the shafts, or each one is engraved with a poem. <laughs> think, and I that could... poem makes that arrow do something specific. You know? I totally see a very Zen archer doing that. Exactly. You know, I mean, but that's this platform sort of allows you that freedom too. well, I want to be in this one, but I kind of want to play this type of character. You can build it. You can. It's like, you know, that your craft, so to speak, you focus on creating, you know, these little things attaching them, you know, and you could kind of do it to, I guess, any class, mm -hmm. but, um, I don't know. Of course, Bard, I would see either as either Silver Quill, you know, especially if they're the, uh, like the College of, uh, um, lore or, um, or even you could put these guys in the, uh, who's he, what's it, um, the Prismatic, hold on. I'm getting the name wrong. Are you taking the Prismari College? Yes, the Prismari College where, you know, art with magic, uh, see, elemental magic specifically. See, I was thinking one of two paths to take with the silver cloak. Bard <laughs> is good, but it's more of the skull, skull storyteller bard angle. Mm, you know, exactly. As opposed to the, 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 the storytelling the bard, it would be the story writing bard. It's the, exactly. It's the... But the, the ones you know who the just one that tells would, stories, not sing. Mm -hmm. The one that really would get me though is I would go with a wizard, and then make it like a lawyer almost. You know? <laughs> they like to yeah. argue. You know, oh I'm embracing God. the goth totally. look of the Silver Quills because a lot of them have this like goth mean kid gang group look look going on, and I could totally see a lawyer Silver Quill, like some high elf. Who's all hoity-toity? That that the law is the law, you know, mm -hmm. the very worst of lawful neutral. Yeah, I am the law. But that would be my pick. Would be a wizard who uses, you know, knowledge and the the law as a weapon. Yeah, that's that's a good one. So of course you you did touch on the one that I think would be perfect for bards, which is the Prismari College. The Prismari. I see them as the sex, drugs, and rock and roll class. <laughs> so, yeah, the arts degree, the, the fine arts degree. Mm -hmm. So for their little quote, we get the, we agree that art is the truest form of spellcraft, that expressing oneself beautifully is the true purpose of magic. 
but we disagree on methods. Some of us hone our technique over years of practice. Others of us scream out of pent-up emotion. And that's, of course, a quote from one of the Prismari professors. Prismari, uh, uh, Prismari use, um, uses the elements to practice the arts, also called the College of Elemental Arts. So when you say, hey, you're on fire, they really are. <laughs> <laughs> and, of, and of course from the magic perspective this is the blue and red deck which is a dangerous combination you know lots of enchanting and spell casting with a lot of explosive and very distinct opinions you know amongst the reds and i will throw out their location is the hmm the Conjurat Hall, C-O-N-J-U-R-O-T, a towering structure with a glassed-in observation area at the top, encircled by constantly changing strands of elemental energy. Artist mages can see for miles from the Conjurat's main turret, and the view has inspired many artistic creations. And of course, the picture shows these wizardly towers with just pure red and blue elemental energy swirling around it. Well, I mean, come on, parts of the college area. One of them is called Fury Gale. I mean, <laughs> that, you know, it says volumes. I mean, that, that that's the great curator at Hall of all the abandoned creations. So uh, speaking of their creations, they have the mascots, which are the craziest of them all, I think. The elementals. I don't know. The fractals are weird. Fractals are weird, but elementals are weirder. Because the elemental creatures are forms of living art. They sculpt artistic shells from a fusion of raw elements. Then conjure living elemental energy to inhabit those shells. The result is a powerful creature capable of expressing sublime emotions and wreaking wanton destruction. The inner core of a Prismari elemental might be churning fire, wind, ice, water, lava, or solid rock. Sounds like a dangerous pet, I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, you, you live at a school, right? Depends on how you use them. <laughs> <laughs> But I could, uh, for me, I'll totally throw out the, I, I was thinking Prismari and Bard all the way. Yeah, definitely. You totally get that sex, drugs, and rock and roll of heat and emotion and lightning and sound, you know. But see, now, you know that I was thinking of that my next character would be, you know, if I were to create one for mm -hmm. a campaign. If it was in, and I think it would actually fit into this campaign, uh, oh, into this world. perfectly. Yeah, so I was thinking, and I would think that it would be a Prismari. Mm-hmm. You, um, you didn't say what the character was, though. No, I'm about to. Okay, so it's a monk, because I have never played a monk. Mm -hmm. All right? Um, but it's a Genasi fire. Half orc whose passion is cooking and her weapon <laughs> of choice is a frying pan. Who knew? Um, uh, I think that you could do like because the culinary arts, I mean, the fact that fire, you know, is used to cook. Um, uh, I'm thinking of calling her ambrosia. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, or him, I could, you know, but uh, um, I think that you could definitely put them into the, uh, because, of course, they're, you know, a Genasi, so elements mm -hmm. are their thing. And cooking requires at least a few of those elements. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you need fire, you need typically water you need it's all about the the artistic combination of. exactly you know you need you know so it would totally fit into this uh uh and then you could thing. open a restaurant called hell's kitchen no <laughs> <laughs> what it's hell with one l but more fire 
<laughs> you know, Hell is my other character. <laughs> and of course, for, for me, like I said, totally barred all the way, you know, popping off with the elemental magic. Wouldn't be like married to any one race, I don't think, because it would like like half no. elf would probably work. Because that way you've got that pulls from well, both sides of the the just like you know I'm I'm fond of half elf bards. I am, mm-hmm. although I very much love my changeling bard. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much. I mean, any. I mean, there's no mm-hmm. none of these have racial, uh, restrictions. I mean, mm-hmm. there's. You, do any of it and the nice thing is you see in the book when you go through the pages that they have got races from every D setting out there i mean mm-hmm. including like uh you've got a couple from ravnica you know that you, you see pop up from time to time in there so the next college is the one i know you have a thing for which is wither bloom that surprised <laughs> me when you said that that was one of your favorites well I, yeah, it was like because it, well the the two opposing factions that they um uh that their house is based on is life and death mm-hmm. so of course i do like playing clerics so i'm like a cleric from the witherbloom would be kind of cool mm-hmm. i mean cuz the witherbloom harnesses the forces of life and death also called the college of essence studies so um, if you did a cleric or even a druid, you know, I mean, would be good at the, I think mm-hmm. it's, it gives you, um, I guess you could see it's more spiritual as opposed to divine, mm-hmm. but even the divine would count. Yeah. So for Wither Bloom, their little quote is from their professor of blood studies within all life dwells a living essence. And this essence is the key to the most powerful magic imaginable. Do we use that essence to preserve the natural world or devote life's power to our own mighty ends? It's like he's totally trying to to either create the world's greatest druid, trying to keep balance in the world, or the worst blight possible. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, you know, Wither Bloom is... But then, again... Both choices are correct. <laughs> uh, not so, necessarily maybe encouraged for certain things, but hey, you do you. <laughs> we may have to stop you, but you do you. <laughs> you do you, but expect others to do the same. Exactly. So, of course, when it comes to the magic, the gathering aspect, it's actually my favorite color combination because I... This is actually the deck I used to play, which is the black-green deck. So you can have the forest stuff, the tree, the flying-blocking spiders, and, of course, all the swamp stuff, all the good stuff. And speaking of swamp stuff, the uh, sled- Sledgemore, the bayou area that encompasses the Witherbloom campus, Sledgemore is known for a range of strange swamp beasts, undead animals, bats, crocodilian monsters, decomposing bayou striders, which I bet are probably big, you know, mosquitoes, called trudges, and marsh-dwelling canine beasts called bog roughs. And it's Sedgemore, not Sludgemore. It's Sedgemore, yep. Sedgemore is an excellent place to find pests, herbs, spider silk, fungi, and other potential ingredients for potions and spells and when they say pest kelly what do they talk about oh those nasty little worm mascots ew cute no the worm from labyrinth is cute hello (laughs) yeah but no these are nasty little ew They're basically little frog, lizard, or caterpillars, depending on the picture you're looking at. Caterpillars are nasty looking with friggin' teeth and... Nasty, bitey teeth and spines that keep them from being eaten. And apparently, I've yet to really get into it, because I didn't notice in the monster stats it didn't say anything about it, but members of their school have a habit of turning those little pests into actual magic energy. They can 
basically sacrifice them for magic. Uh, that just seems very cool. Well, that's the black deck of the the school there. Yeah. So what class character would you make to join Witherbloom? It would either be a druid or a cleric. Cleric of the Grave would be good. Ooh, that would be a good one. Yeah. See, I already had my par- pick of what, what college Cleric of the Grave would be for me, but that's a different one than you. But see, then you could have crossover with the lore. Um, uh, what is it? The lore college we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, because it's talking to the dead and stuff is, mm-hmm. you know. So, so you uh, could go with Cleric of the Grave for that, too. For me, for Witherbloom, I would probably go either Ranger. You know, that way you're embracing the life and death as being a Ranger, you know. Druid of Spores? Or a Druid of Spores was my choice. Because I think that would be an amazing combination for Druid of Spores. Because the specialization would give you access to more necromancy stuff. As on top of the Druid of Spores having their, their ability to raise their fungus zombies. Ew. And speaking of the next college, Lorehold, we differ on what history teaches us. Is time a chaotic dance of coincidences and conflicts, or does civilization gradually progress towards an ordered ideal? But we agree that the past holds the answer to every question, so we must revive it and discover its truth. Lorehold explores the past and preserves its lessons for future generations, also called the College of Archaeomancy. I just like archaeomancy. It's it's it, your brain doesn't want to pronounce it when you first see the word. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Lorehold is, of course, the combination of red and white. So it's very, very spiritual and powerful. I love some of the artwork in the book for that, where they got the persons mm-hmm. holding the scrolls like Gatling guns. The scr- I think they're called the scroll bashers or the tome wielders. Uh, hold on. Uh... Scroll bashers and tomb wielders use history in a pretty literal way by summoning magic directly from the characters scrawled on the pages or by bashing fools with heavy books. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, they, they have some warrior. Uh... They got, they got some, some chutzpah there. As uh, Pillar Drop, a series of historical buildings excavated directly out of sheer perpendicular cliffs, now used for research, classwork, and housing. Travelers walk along treacherous bridges from one neighborhood of Pillar Drop to another, often passing directly by enormous stone faces of ancient excavated statues. I mean, you totally know, you know, what kind of character I would make for this class. I mean, I'm just saying. No, sorry. <laughs> hey, it would totally either be Indiana Jones <laughs> or the guy from the librarian, not the librarians, you know, the, the first librarian we see, mm-hmm. you know, from the TV show, who's yeah. like total, total fanboy on everything historic. Yeah. And of course, they have the strangest mascot of them all, in my opinion. (laughs) And what would that be? That would be the spirit statues. Lorehold mages supplement their study of history by calling the spirits of ancient dead. While dust speakers and past razors conjure spirits and interview them for knowledge of the past, Battle mediums and other lorehole mages sometimes draw on magical powers of those spirits or turn them into hardy soldiers by housing the spirits in statues depicting them li- their living selves. <laughs> I would totally make a cleric of the dead lorehole college student. That would be kind of cool. Because what kind of cool archaeologist, you know, we're talking like the tactical archaeologist here. Would would be cooler than actually getting to speak with the ghost to get the knowledge right. 
Yeah, I mean, and that the, they have the battle mediums, mm-hmm. strengthening summon spirits for use in battle. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's true when they get to the level where they can they can have a mascot as a pet, it, it actually can fight for them and def- and defend them. Which, as a a ca- caster type class, I mean, granted, not so much for a, a cleric of the grave. Because you totally are pretty good at fighting as a cleric of the grave, but it's nice to have that sidekick to take a beating for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, if you're a uh, cleric of the grave and you have like past razor, mm-hmm. you know, as your um, you know, binding spirits to that, I mean, you can, uh, or the dust speaker is just uh, converses with spirits to learn their stories and stuff. So you could do a whole combination of stuff. Mm-hmm. And and another class that I thought would be interesting, it would be bizarre but interesting, a barbarian of the ancients path, where your ancient spirits rise up to protect you as a barbarian. That mm-hmm. could be interesting too. Yeah, like a totem kind of mm-hmm. ancestral. Uh, think um, filial piety, where they ancestor worship. You have the, you know. Mm-hmm. Where they have a direct, you know, that you could totally do something along those lines, you know. So what about you? What would you make for the for that college? Uh, for that college, yeah, mm-hmm. I was. That's that's why I said cleric of the grave. Mm-hmm. It just fits too no, perfectly. It's, it's yeah, it's kind of like made for it. And of course, you know. They've got some cool pictures for their group, you know, giant scrolls that they carry with them and things, you know. So our next college is the Quandrix College. That's the one you, that you, you don't like because it's too organized. <laughs> <laughs> it's math. <laughs> so for Quandrix College... We disagree whether numbers exist out in the world or whether mathematics is a pure logical exercise that exists only in our minds. But we agree that we're the only ones who study the true fundamental forces of reality. And of course, that's the uh, Quandrix Dean of Theories quote, which is very dangerous. Quandrix focuses on the mathematics of nature, also called the College of Numerancy. Numeroancy. <laughs> it hurts your brain to say it, I it know. It does. Well, math was always one of my more difficult subjects, and, you know, I was an art major for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I took more math than was necessary. See only thing, that and philosophy were the only two subjects I did not so great in. And they, they are, but I still made it into an academic fraternity. <laughs> they are an interesting combination of green and blue decks, which, which is very interesting. I mean, don't get me wrong; it can make some cool stuff in Magic: The Gathering, but it's interesting as the way they define it. So, one of their locations is the Taurus Hall. The central hall of Quandrix Campus lies at the end of a geometric series of walkways ending in the ascending ramps to the towering building. Inside, Taurus Hall's architecture is mapped to an ever-changing three-dimensional grid that slowly changes and evolves over time. Some Quandrix professors insist that mage students shouldn't linger too long inside the hall, least, least its geometry... Less. Less its geometry eventually turn itself inside out while they're still within it. That would be most unpleasant. That that would suck. <laughs> that would just flat out suck. <laughs> and of course, what are their mascots, my dear? Oh, uh, hold on. Actually, I forgot. Let me get to there. Sorry, I'm trying to get to that page. Here we go. What happens uh, when you have the book in your your office? <laughs> well, I was trying to read it between different uh, the fractal, the fractals. Mm-hmm. 
So their mm-hmm. pets are abstract replicants of patterns of nature. So they create fractals that basically look like shards that look like a creature. So, of course, you know, like a green deck, you can have lots of different creatures. And, of course, I'm looking on my cheat sheet here, but... uh, I think I'm missing something. What? Isn't there a... Oh, no, I'm not missing something. I I had them in a different order than what I was saying on my notes. So uh, one thing I will say about the book, I kind of touched on it, that two-thirds of it is the college adventure from year one to year four. Uh, as a first-year student, you don't pick a college yet, which is interesting. So, of course, you can totally buy the back, you know, get the background as a starting character of you were prepped for one of the classes, whether you went to that one or not. But your second year is when you get to pick your college. And um, so the adventure basically is a huge arcing story of all four years. So you get that Harry Potter experience. Well, it also allows, because of course the way it's set up where all the first years who are not assigned to a college, basically taking general studies live in the center um uh around the biblioplex uh in different in in the hall uh the the dorms that they have there mm-hmm. um and by that it gives you the opportunity that you know just because you, that way you can have a party of all different uh Mm-hmm. College uh, the, the colleges. So you could have somebody from the Quandrix, uh, paired with maybe two of the, uh, the Witherbloom. And then there, let's throw in one of the, uh, you know, a couple of the others. Mm-hmm. So because you're socializing with people, not just in a specific college, and you're not restricted to, once you do select a college, you're not restricted to only taking studies there only being at that college you have the freedom to do um classes in any of the colleges so thereby you get to learn how to apply different things you can take a little from you know witherbloom you could take a little from quadrix you can take a little from the silver quill you know mm-hmm. it it all depends your your character your student the student has the choice and again both choices are valid mm-hmm. sample the different uh, um studies available or focus specifically only on your college mm-hmm. which basically is nice because it gives the character that you're playing the freedom to when you find your character you've you know just like the regular college experience you're going there to find yourself mm-hmm. And uh, you did touch on relationships, so I haven't been been able to really read all of it yet. Because, like I said, we have had the book out in 24 hours. The new model that they've got in there is they basically have finally introduced a D&D version of, like we've seen in a few other RPGs, of who is your friend, who is your foe. So they they basically have more of a way to interact with NPCs because, of course, they give you a lot of NPCs in the adventure as a GM and that you can use as teachers, students, fellow students, rivals. You know, it's literally like if you look at Harry Potter, it's all the different types of people you would meet in college, which are kind of really based on in real life. All the different type of people you would be in college. You're going to have the bullies and you're going to have the cliques and you're going to have the, you know, the mean girls and the, mm-hmm. you know. The, the jocks and the, and the golf group. and they actually have sports in this. Oh, speaking of jocks, <laughs> speaking of Quidditch, I mean, uh... <laughs> uh, it's not Quidditch. <laughs> it's not Quidditch. It's actually what they call Mage, Mage Tower. Tower. Yep, Mage Tower is a competitive team I... sport played by Mage students at at uh, Strixhaven. 
Each of the five colleges fields its own team and brings a mascot creature that also plays as the, with, into the scoring rules. Basically, the mascot is the ball. It's capture the flag <laughs> where you try to steal the other school's mascot, which, by the way, I totally think those swamp well and swamp kids have an advantage with their spiky, nasty, mean little. Yeah, because you know, nobody wants to touch it. <laughs> <laughs> so the rules to Mage Tower, as as I have them here in my notes, is two opposing Okay, because I have not gotten that far in the book. <laughs> two opposing teams. Now that is one problem I see because in game I see players wanting to play different classes. It's not going to be like Harry Potter, where the main characters are all Gryffindor. So. In Mage Tower, it's just like when you saw Harry play Quidditch. You know, it's it's if if you're in opposite classes fighting, that could be cool because you could have a little PvP. I could totally see that happening. But uh, two opposing teams in in Strixhaven Stadium. Each team is composed of five mages plus one small mascot creature. Each team has a tall tower at their end of the stadium with their mascot atop of it. The goal is to score a point by stealing the opposing team's mascot and transporting it back to your own tower. Sounds like World of Warcraft. <laughs> All magic that would harm a player, mascot, or, or spectator, or that would damage the stadium or basic rules in that way is nullified. So basically, they have basically your teachers will cast, you know, counterspell. As soon as they see something that would, like, if somebody does fireball, counterspell. So that is an interesting aspect that the GM can just, you know, nope, any spell they think is not cool and just totally <laughs> blame a teacher for counterspelling it. Otherwise, all magic is legal, subject to the review of the Mage Tower Referee Council, because, of course, magic groups always have councils, not referees. Mm -hmm. The game lasts for three phases. Each phase lasts as long as it takes for the Mage Tower Hourglass to empty, which is approximately 20 minutes. Sometimes the last few grains of sand in the hourglass take their sweet time to roll around and drop to the bottle. <laughs> I sense shenanigans. <laughs> and when time is called at the end of the third phrase, phase, the team with the most points wins. So, I mean, if you did have a group that they all picked the same college, that would be your team right there. You know, and that could be interesting. Or even if, you know, I would like it if, if, you know, my player group picked two colleges and they had to duel. That would just be fun. <laughs> Entire game session, just putting the map out there and having them go after each other with a couple NPCs on their team. Yeah, what spells are you going to use? <laughs> it's all about the misty step to get that extra running time. And speaking of spells. That would be prismic. Mm-hmm. And speaking of spells, there are five new spells in the book. I was hoping for a lot more since this was a magic school. Just saying. I'm going to throw that out there. <laughs> but uh, one of them is actually a really good speed spell. I, I haven't I, gotten to the spells. So. I haven't gotten a chance uh. to really read it, but there's a couple spells in there that people are already calling kind of OP. But the spells in the book, the five new spells, are available to a, a bunch of different classes. Like bards and wizards, of course, make out like bandits, but there's all the other classes except rangers and paladins got no new spells in the book. I make a sad face. I mean, because mm. sometimes paladins do things besides smite. Yeah. And of course, you know, uh, also want to throw out there the, let's see, we got the, uh, there is an additional free adventure on D&D Beyond. Basically, you get to be employees at the, uh, you get to be baristas at the local coffee shop at the college. It's kind of interesting. Basically, <laughs> you all get put in charge for the day. It's a total travesty waiting to happen. Uh, in the uh, center, um, in the uh, there's Fiery Jolt uh, Cafe. <laughs> that's, yep, that's its name. Fiery Jolt Cafe. Yep. So if you go to D&D Beyond, get the, get the, bonus mission just in case because it's just funny and they've got some interesting stuff that they've created for the school that makes perfect sense for the school the uh, back half of the book is a few different monsters that embrace the dichotomy of the world which is nice because it, it adds more oomph to it there is of course a big bad for the for the story which makes perfect sense wait, wait till you see them you're gonna like the artwork <laughs> 
haven't uh, gotten to that part yet. Sometimes I've joked already that he's the purple Nazgul. Yeah. <laughs> the bad guys wear masks so you can't tell who they are. They're uh, totally like not death, death eaters. Dealers. Death, death eaters. That's the one. I always call them death dealers. <laughs> Well, that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they do do that. <laughs> so there's a secret faction that believes magic is for everybody, even though everybody here has magic, more or less. So they want to free the spells. But then again, a big part of the school is because the five you know, creators at Strixhaven wanted to make sure that people didn't screw stuff up with learning magic. You know, learn magic, do crazy shit with it, but don't screw up magic. Yeah. You can totally that tell they just don't the... want people breaking magic. And I will throw a shout out there for if any GM's looking to run Strixhaven, I would definitely recommend that you pick up a copy of Candlekeep Mysteries from D&D. Because what goes better with a magic school than a, a book full of adventures from 1 to 20 for a magic library? Cool. Because Candlekeep Mysteries is good because each each level range has a, a book that you need to find that's missing from the library. And that you could totally throw that in with at any range of this game, that magic book. You want to check it out. Somebody checked it out already. Go find them and or the problem. Interlibrary loan. <laughs> And of course, it was funny. I was I was talking to somebody about this, and they're just like, "Why would they have hidden books that shouldn't be checked out?" I'm like, "Dude, it's a magic library. It's just like the uh, in Game restricted of Thrones. Section. You have a restricted section because the knowledge has to be recorded for knowledge's sake. But you don't want anyone checking these books out, so they're chained to a booth somewhere. People don't realize. Yes." The restricted knowledge, you don't just burn the book. You don't burn books. <laughs> That's just unacceptable. That's ah, true. It's so true. And uh, like I said, if, if you, you, you are interested in magic, I mean, you will definitely like this book. As, as Kelly and I have joked, it has definitely got a Harry Potter. But as I've actually already tried selling some friends on this book, you know what else this book feels like? magicians oh okay because it's got that cool college dorm feel you know like you know i could totally typecast every one of the major cool characters the cool kids from magicians as different class as different colleges for this yeah i can see that our favorite and they had specialties but Mm -hmm. you know they could still like our favorite uh, blonde magic mathematician, you know, she would totally be in Quandrix. Quandrix. She, she would, would totally be, be in Quandrix. The magic theory. Yeah. Uh, what, Margo? Is it, was it Margo? It's been so long. But I could totally see her Witherbloom. Witherbloom. Yep. But where would you put Elliot? Elliot would totally I be think... a silver quill. Yeah, he's... Yeah, because that's what I was thinking. He's eloquence and he dresses well. Quentin, no. Quentin, would you put him into... I would totally put him in Prismari. Because, mm. you know, he's a little too, he's a little crazy, a little sketchy, he's a little too artistic-y. Yeah, but he could also go lore, um, uh, hold. He could do lore hold, too. Just yeah. not as good as his girlfriend. <laughs> just saying she, she was totally i would the, see uh, her more quandrix. quandrix though yeah she was quandrix because she 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 knew the math of of magic yeah but uh yeah i was totally thinking you know magicians but uh um i know i'm trying to remember the names it's been so long uh, since the show ended i know and then there was the guy who could move, who could uh, teleport. Oh, the traveler, yeah. Yeah, tra- yeah, because yeah, his his type was a traveler. Um, uh, uh, he kind of leads to what I was you... going to joke about the planeswalker, because of course you know 
the whole point of this is planeswalkers, which are magicians that can go from dimension to dimension, you know? Because mm-hmm. we don't know what's out there in, in the actual land, even though I, I kind of read about the uh, archaics and the star archers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the snarls. The snarls are an interesting concept. The entire university, um, as I understand it, is built at the ba- basically in the center base of the bibliotex, which is the the center of the entire university. Mm-hmm. Is there's a snarl? There's a magic snarl, mm-hmm. and that's you know. And snarls are, of course, mana flows through all the plane of. Archavios. But in certain sites, the mana becomes knotted and tainted. At these places, magic and spells can be at their most powerful and at the, their most dangerous. These places are known as snarls. According to the Arca- Archaics, the snarls are places where two conflicting sources of antagonistic mana overlap together at the birth of the plane. Because, of course, the dragon professors were created when this plane kind of big banged itself together and they look like horrible tornadoes where say air and earth are running into each other and exploding and conflicting and it's it's going to be interesting to see in the book if they talk about uh how that actually affects you know magic i know it boosts but does it just do something cool you know like 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 in riffs with ley lines and nexuses what kind of boon do you get out of that and of course, the book does do a quick breakdown of the rest of the the vast lands, you know, that, that are outside of, of uh, Strickhaven. And there's a, of course, a mysterious continent to the south that they don't talk about, which is cool because that's totally GM ammunition there. Hmm. Well, it definitely the the entire setting leaves everything open for creativity Mm -hmm. which is which is super awesome because it's like you don't feel pegged down but you have more than enough information to throw out there at your players to get the ball rolling you know you can choose to fill in the details or you can leave the details vague and you know fluid because they're students part of the question is and and as good gming goes in my opinion is the answer that you're looking for is why you're playing you know totally send your students on a field trip and the answer you run into is the answer you know you know like yeah like a good professor they they dangle enough information and let them take the final few steps because that's the difference between high school or i should say lower education and higher education lower education it's rote they want you to know exactly what it is and how to repeat it verbatim Higher education, enough ammunition to get yourself in trouble, but to know when to ask for help. <laughs> Maybe. Or your study group. Because as as a GM for an adventure group, I would totally aim my party is, think of it like a study group. Which is funny, because if you think about old D&D when it was first created, it was literally a group of friends in college playing a game. <laughs> so it's funny how... The, DD goes through DD, now it goes to college, now it goes back to the original of your characters are a study group in college. How many college groups are playing gonna be playing this? <laughs> and uh, I, I will throw one last little caveat because I followed Twitch and this did come up, that uh, there was a little bit of controversy that uh, Wizards huh? of the Coast accidentally did not credit their cultural consultant in the Strixhaven book. Oh. They consulted them on cultural, uh, you know, diversity and make sure they didn't say any faux pas. But unfortunately, they forgot to directly credit Tanya DePass in the book's credits. Oh. But of course, in Twitch, they've made a formal apology and they promise that anyone who buys the electronic book, it's now been fixed. It's in there. So all of us who have that first edition book, it's a collector's item, I'm thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not necessarily for the right reasons. Not for though. the right reasons, <laughs> but. So uh quick cookie shout out to Tanya DePass for her work, uh, you know, with working to make sure that it's, you know, culturally sensitive, which is good because, you know. Mm-hmm. That's an important thing to make sure everyone is included and, you know, no one feels insulted. Mm -hmm. 
But it was cute that they, their excuse for forgetting to put her in was the rush to get to class on time. <laughs> hey, deadlines are hard. I can understand that. But No, uh, they are. Yep. I'm still sorely upset with myself for not making my deadline for work today, but it was unavoidable. My computer was not working. Yes, many, <laughs> many, many people are having internet But issues. I just find it very personally just you just I feel unresolved. <laughs> you have you have tomorrow to do it. There's always another day. No. <laughs> but uh, is there anything else you have to say for Strixhaven? Um, I'm, I'm again, I, I am just getting into the book, you know, just going through. Um, I want to specifically avoid the campaign sections. I appreciate um, that. But uh, I'm and I definitely want to spend a little more time perusing the owl in because, of course, you know, you know me. I'm always like, ooh, a new race. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> and it has versatility. So that's nice, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll have to see. I'm just uh, so far. I'm like, I think it's got a lot of great potential. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see Strixhaven as a book that, uh, unlike a lot of the books out there for DV, that both the GM and a player will enjoy if they buy it and have it. Mm-hmm. I uh, I think um, you have to have a little more, be willing to take more accountability, the player, mm-hmm. uh, towards where you're going and what you want out of the adventure. Um, as opposed to more standard D and D, um, or old school, yeah. uh, it you, you have a lot more because you know you're guiding your character's future. Mm-hmm. But it's not like let's just become murder hobos, you mm-hmm. know, or the traditional. Okay, here's a dungeon full of things and stuff. To, to, there's a there's uh nuances and levels that you can add to this that you don't and scenarios that you don't typically get in more standard Mm -hmm. uh, adventure yeah i definitely agree it's going to lead to higher levels of required role playing mm -hmm. because you're basically going to be playing i mean and on gms too there's going to be expected to do a lot more npc npcs come up with a nice little hit list of different characters with pictures and some kind of character reference, like I always like to do the whole pick a character from a movie and that's the one you want to try to emulate. Because mm-hmm. the whole point is going to be it's less kick in the door, kill the monster. It's go to class and what is the mission for the day? You know, this totally could be a archaeological dig site day. You have to go out. Uh, Field the, the, trip! The, the part of the megaverse that I like is that I could totally see Magic College sending you to a different dimension. Hey, guys, this week's field trip is to Feywild. We're studying pixies. You know, it opens up that aspect on a adventure line that you could, you know, totally go and say a professor knows a book is missing and it was last seen in this village. Go find it, you know, and mm-hmm. you could introduce rewards from like in Harry Potter. They kind of did this, too, where something was done good by the students and the teachers give well, rewards for when they do well. House yeah. points. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, even not, not just house points, but look at like when one teacher would have a mission for the class, the top student gets an item, you know, my last potion of this or my last helmet of that, you know, I could totally see those kind of rewards happening. Yeah. But I mean, and you can still do the, the typical, scenarios Mm -hmm. like for example okay say you meet up with your your college buddies at the bozen tavern in the central campus Mm -hmm. you know and all of a sudden those um that group of jerks that have been picking on you for your first year show up as well and then they pick a fight and okay fine let's take this into the back uh empty lot and duel it out you know mm-hmm. totally have a west side story yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so it's like you can still have those types of things oh well you know what turns out some sewers in the you know one of the 
colleges or has like been overrun with uh, some type of creature going and clear them out. Mm -hmm. You know, could totally be one of the teacher's new pets got loose and it's now the class's uh, field test to, to go get the item back as it doesn't want to go back. Exactly. And, you know, and if you want, I mean, and, and another, I mean, uh, aspect that this has, I think, um, that maybe not so much as a focus on the other ones is say you have a, a you're playing with children or mm -hmm. you're, you're introducing kids or something and you want it a little less violent than, yes, I'm going to go up and stab the, you know, creature. Mm -hmm. You know, be the murder hobo route. This you give more opportunity to do alternate. Well, I'm going to use Tasha's hideous laughter and just so they can't cast, you know, mm -hmm. type oh, that, of thing. That would it's be not a, huge a one for taking somebody out. Think about it. Yeah. So necessarily not lethal so you could you know so i think for people who are concerned about maybe the more violent aspects of uh you know rpgs and mm -hmm. you know it it doesn't have to be you can make it you know less violent if you want i mean that's totally a thing and i think this setting lends itself well to you know both philosophies it, it definitely does yeah, and then th that's one that, that you can totally, the importance of this one is a strong, solid session zero. Make sure everyone is on par of what the overall arc is, but everyone needs to have like a mini arc of what they want their character to do. Even if it's just to get a passing grade. <laughs> and also the, in the book, I've got, I've, I haven't got a ch chance to check it, but uh, in normal D&D, you know how you have your 10-day, uh, you know, things that you can do like carousing, betting, mm -hmm. sports fighting? Yeah. They actually had some for the class, you know, for your different class events that you can do. I got to oh. read more into that to see what that gives you as a uh, the payout for it. But I thought that was interesting that they had those in there as well. Cool. And, of course, you know, here's a really, really dark dark option that's out there is the uh, secret society of bad guys the auric are uh, mages who wield forbidden magic you could totally have a player group of the bad guys i'm just gonna throw that out there i don't think you know you'd want to because it would totally be an evil campaign because they're known for using you know stealthy assassinations infiltration blood rituals that type of stuff but uh, that's totally an option out there yeah. Or what you could do is, if your players want to join them, is you give them the invite, but you don't actually give them any of the evil magic yet, things like that. You know, string them along. Do like the forbidden shadow character who's recruiting them, but wants them to do their job first before they get their cool mask and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Earn the rights, so to mm -hmm. speak. And another uh, inspiration, if you're looking for it, is Buffy the College Years. That's another <laughs> really good inspiration. Just saying. <laughs> when I was reading through some of the actual adventure, I was totally thinking, oh, yeah, there's some, some Buffy the College Years stuff, you know, painted painted broad-strokedly in here. Totally some cool stuff. <laughs> one thing I do find interesting on this one is there are trinkets specific to... Yes, yes, there the are colleges, and... which because a lot of people don't roll like when we create and we do a session zero and we create our characters, we always do the the role for trinket, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm sorry, it has turned out is very beneficial in, in in ways you wouldn't normally think. I mean, heck, I used one to convince somebody. It's just this <laughs> little trinket that doesn't really do anything, but I tricked them into thinking that it was a, tr a lie detector. <laughs> you know, I mean, just different, you know, uh, can either create a meaning for the character or, but then that they have specific ones for the, uh, the colleges. I think that's mm -hmm. interesting. 
And, and you know there's players out there they are going to want to collect those pins. You know they're going to want those pins. <laughs> I wonder how long until real life somebody makes some of those pins. So I'm thinking we waxed on quite a bit for uh, Strixhaven. Yes, yes, we did. I uh, already had a few players saying they want Strixhaven, but like I told them, we have to we have to vote for 2022 what new D and D we're gonna do. But I'm thinking the uh, School of Mages here is gonna gonna be the story that probably happens for D and D. Just just thinking. So uh, unless you have anything else to to add, I think it's time to say class dismissed. <laughs> do we have any homework? <laughs> <laughs> The homework is to finish the book and give it back to your husband so he can read it too. Uh, okay. Alrighty, guys. Thank you for listening and have a great day. And if you get a chance over on the Creative Plan podcast, podcast, we have some of the first panels from Tuscan 48 getting posted. They were actually posted a little earlier today. So if you get a chance, head on over there and check those out. And of course, I found a bunch of cool little Strixhaven videos for Magic the Gathering back in the day, like the one I showed you earlier. Oh, that was cute. I'm totally going to have to post those on the Facebook page. So make sure to check out the uh, Creative Plane Podcast Network's Facebook page. Alrighty, guys. Like always, thank you for listening. And we will be back next week with the Goblins of Conquest. They're in serious trouble, and they know it. <laughs> so much trouble. Alrighty, guys. Later. Thank you for listening to D&D Journey of the 5th Edition, a member of the Creative Play and Podcast Network. Please follow us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash cppn to never miss a show or stream.